Yeah. I mean, are we talking about strength training or some kind of miracle drug for runners? Because <laughs> with all of the, the, the benefits that it gives you, I mean, every runner who's interested in improving should be like, sign me up, take my money. Like this is the thing that's going to help me improve and progress and reach my goals. It's just incredible. Are you constantly worried about getting injured or you don't know how to get faster as a runner and you want to continue to run for stress relief, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, the only place that provides you with training tips, injury recovery, and prevention tools with actionable strategies by experts in the running industry so you can develop a stronger running body and feel confident that you can overcome any obstacle as a runner. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid runner, running physical therapist and coach, educator, founder of Spark Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you've been told to stop running with an injury or you think coaching is just for fast runners. Learn more about our signature coaching program at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Every week on the show, we coach you to grow as a runner, just like the process of building a strong, durable home that will last a lifetime requiring little maintenance. The design and planning is your mindset. The foundation is your strength training. The framing is your run plan. The electrical and plumbing is your nutrition. The insulation, drywall, and flooring is your recovery. The landscaping and exterior is your race strategy. If you master the six parts of growing as a runner, your running will be strong and last long, hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Every week, we help a runner just like you build their dream home. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Before we get into this episode, if you are looking for a nutritional advantage to increase mental focus, strength, and endurance during those runs and decrease the recovery time between those hard effort sessions, you will want to check out Perform from the Amino Company. Later on in this episode, I will tell you more about Perform and how it can help you stay focused, get harder workouts in, and improve overall recovery on your journey of becoming a stronger, faster, lifelong, injury-free runner. Or you can check out the research for yourself at aminoco.com slash healthy runner. Strength training in order to run is something we talk about often. And today we're going to take it up a notch and provide you with some tips on strength training as power training. So welcome to episode 170 on the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. Today, I have the pleasure of having a repeat guest back on the show who is just a wealth of knowledge. Jason Fitzgerald is a coach and founder of Strength Running Podcast, website, YouTube channel, someone that I highly respect in the running community and continue to quite frankly, learn and grow from in my own personal running and coaching journey myself. So last time Jason was on the show was all the way back. I had to go back and look in episode 21, almost three years ago when we uh, explored injury prevention from a coach's standpoint. Um, highly valuable episode. I would recommend you guys check that out. But 
Jason, welcome back on the show. I'm super excited uh, to be able to have a conversation with you again. Well, thanks for having me and congratulations on reaching 170 episodes of the podcast. I can't believe it's been about 150 episodes since I've been on. I know that is crazy. And yeah, you know, you know, all the behind the scenes work uh, better than anyone. So yeah, if you probably asked me back then, if we'd be talking like three years later, and we'd have 170 episodes, I probably wouldn't have thought that was possible. Um, but this has been a fun journey. And, you know, seeing other podcasters like yourself, and, you know, aspiring to, you know, get to be able to share like the information, what we're learning, what we're growing, um, you know, with the running community has just been super rewarding. And uh, thank you. I appreciate that. You're definitely one of my uh, silent mentors, even though you don't know it. Uh, you're definitely one of the people that I look up to and aspire to. So thank you for all you do uh, for our running community. Well, thanks, Duane. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, guys. So in this episode, Jason is really going to kind of fill your strength training for running bucket in viewing strength training as power training. And I know, you know, recently you've talked about on your show um, how you've really gotten back into officially training, quote unquote, um, again, in your own personal running journey you know, what really ignited that uh, spark to make a change in how you are viewing running um, these past, you know, couple of years? Yeah, well, I am a dad of three, and I found it very difficult to train when my kids were really little, you know, and I had three kids under five in the house. That was that was a real challenge. But my kids are older now, and I have a little bit more space in my life. And I'm also just I don't know, maybe I'm experiencing a little bit of a, you know, midlife crisis where, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be 40 this year and I want to keep running healthy and just feel good into my master's years. And I know that, you know, I can't just go run four or five days a week and just kind of jog around for 30 minutes and do some strides. You know, I really have got to incorporate some progressive overload into my training, make sure that I'm actually increasing my fitness so that I can really start my 40s from uh, a higher peak. So the inevitable decline will just take longer. So that's the way I'm thinking about things, trying to enhance my longevity in the sport. And, you know, it's been a little bit of an up and down journey. You know, this comeback of mine has only been, let's just say maybe six weeks in the making. But in that time, I've gotten COVID. I had a stomach bug. You know, my kids were sick. I had to stay home with them. My Achilles was a little cranky, likely due to all that inconsistency. So yeah, my comeback hasn't, it, it almost feels like it hasn't started yet, but you know, mentally I'm there and things will keep improving over the next couple of weeks and months. Yeah, no, that's definitely, I think many of our listeners can relate uh, when you know, if you guys have young uh, families right now, I can certainly relate back. Mine are a bit older now, so we're like in the in the next phase of our lives. And um, next year, we'll actually have two high schoolers, so we'll have a freshman and a senior. So we're we're kind of at that uh, stage where, yes, time freedom. You know, we've gotten that back, and now it's just like all the for me, both play travel volleyball. So you know, it's the weekends are certainly. Uh, 
very full, uh, you know, watching them and cheering them on. And then in the fall for their school seasons, it's a lot. But yeah, when the kids are small, it's it's really tough uh, to be able to dedicate to training. And what I really, you know, like to hear from someone who, you know, grew up in the running world from kind of the middle school days like you did and went through high school and collegiate um, running is that it, it seems like you've kind of had this second second pass right at running and i'm sure all of the clients you've helped all of the content that you've produced over the years kind of gives you a different perspective and lens on the sport than you you had you know when you were when you were really super competitive yeah for sure and and i think there's real value in having a lot of different perspectives on the sport you know like i have my cross country perspective from both the high school and collegiate level and then I have my indoor track, my outdoor track perspective. You know, I can put on my my road racing hat and think about all the skills and training that's needed to excel at those types of races. And then, yeah, it's just also, you know, the fact that I've been running for almost a quarter of a century, which really starts to date me. Man, I feel old saying that. <laughs> but uh, it, it certainly allowed me to experience the sport, you know, as a 14-year-old as a 39-year-old, as a guy who is single and didn't have any responsibilities, and then as a guy, you know, who has three kids and many responsibilities. So I think all those perspectives are super valuable. And, you know, if, if anybody wants to become a coach, I think the more experience you can have in many different aspects of the sport, and of course, across different time periods in your life, then I just think you're going to be a better coach because of that. No, absolutely. And I could certainly relate to viewing running in different kind of phases of my life too, where it was kind of the, the gym rat phase and the, uh, you know, you do running for cardio just to get lean and, you know, summer's coming, that kind of thing too, as a physical therapist, really treating a lot of injured runners. And, and I did used to have the mindset, I'm, I'm not afraid to, you know, state it of like, Ooh, running's probably bad for your body. Like I see all these runners coming in my clinic injured and, you know, it's probably not a great thing to do or when they are injured, Hey, you know what? It's because you've been running. Like, let's stop running for six weeks. We're going to get you better, get you out of pain. And then you can, you know, work on getting back into running, uh, to really the evolution of, you know, how I view running now and, even in my own personal running journey. And I went back for, for seconds in, in the marathon last fall. So that was a whole nother journey after like a five year time period off. And, you know, it, it, I, I think, you know, we go through different seasons and we go through seasons of life and I think seasons of running too. And I just love hearing stories like yours though, of someone who ran at a young age, because I do find a lot of those high school and co collegiate runners, um, you know, they, they do get very burnt out and a lot of times, you know, they don't even go back to the sport. So, you know, the fact that you've been able to kind of view this new chapter now um, in your life is is pretty cool. And I'll be looking forward to seeing your your journey and your comeback story um, for whatever, you know, that may be for you. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's great to have different passions come out of the sport and different whys, right, in, in why we do what we're doing. So pretty cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I'm excited about this, uh, this new chapter, because I think, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to be running the 80 to 90 miles a week and, 
you know, the crazy workouts that I used to do, you know, I've, I've got workouts on the books that I think are more impressive than any other race that I've ever run. And I don't think I could ever get back to that level of intensity and willingness to suffer. You know, I've gotten too comfortable in my old age here, but <laughs> I'm certainly going to, going to try to get back to a good mileage level and just see what happens this spring and summer. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. And, and, you know, I got, I got four years on you. So you're like a young whippersnapper to be here. <laughs> um, so you mentioned actually one of the, the whys of, you know, coming back with this little comeback journey here is longevity. And that's certainly some, you know, a big reason why many uh, runners who listen to this podcast um, and yours, I'm sure, is really, you know, runners wanting to do something to stay physically active, you know, from a mental standpoint, physical standpoint for longevity. And strength training is one of those key pieces um, that I know you believe in, I believe in it, that's integral for longevity. So just kind of starting out with today's topic of, you know, on the basic level, like what does strength training for running mean to you? Yeah, I think strength training is so important for runners that I don't even like to classify it as cross training. I like to tell runners, look, this isn't cross training, which has this idea of like a nice to do, but not a must do. And strength training is really a must do. It's not cross training. It's just part of the training you have to do if you're interested in improving and potentially seeing what your potential could be in the sport. So strength training to me is 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 a way to do more of what we all love, which is running. You know, it's it's a thing that enables us to flourish as runners. And when we think about all the benefits of strength training, especially for endurance runners, it really becomes a no-brainer to really embrace this in our training. You know, not only are you going to reduce your injury risk with consistent strength training. You know, I know as a physical therapist, you'd love to see all your clients strength training regularly because it's going to toughen up those connective tissues and joints and improve the strength of your muscles. And you're just going to be a lot more impervious to the impact forces of running. And the more you're running, the faster you're running, the more impact forces you're experiencing. So especially if anybody listening is a performance-minded runner, and that just means that you have a performance-oriented goal. You want to run a certain time. You want to run a new distance that you've never run before. Maybe you want to break four in the marathon or qualify for Boston, you know, whatever it might be. You're a performance-oriented runner. You have certain standards of performance that you want to reach, and that means we're going to have to push the envelope with our training. We're going to have to increase our volume. We're going to have to do challenging workouts, substantial long runs. The only way we can do that with any sense of health, especially for us old guys, Duane, is if we're <laughs> consistent with our strength training and, and we're, we're getting that very, very prominent benefit of those weightlifting workouts. Um, but it's not just injury prevention, you know, it's actually going to help you race faster, you know, especially at the very end of the race where, you know, you're a quarter mile out from the finish and a 5k and you just want to let it rip. You're going to be able to access those faster twitch muscle fibers. Your running economy is going to be improved. So you're going to be able to run with, you know, the same pace or effort, but you know, you're going to be using less energy to do that. So you're going to be much more economical. And of course, you know, you're going to improve your body composition. You're just going to look better overall. And, and hey, I think there's nothing wrong with some, some vanity metrics in there too. 
No, absolutely. And yeah, that's definitely one of my, uh, you know, pet peeves is when people do classify strength training as cross training and or giving your body a break from running, but you're still exercising. And, you know, you know, you and I both feel the same way that like it is a part of the training and it's like one of our, our one of our foundational principles and our six steps to growing as a runner um, because it, it does deserve that respect. And you kind of got into, you know, really the benefits of strength training for running. And from, you know, what I heard from you is you kind of mentioned injury prevention wise, like strengthening our tissues, allowing our tissues to be able to adapt to the forces and the demands that occur with running. And then you really talked about kind of the performance side of things in that you are going to be able to kick into those uh, different types of muscles. That's going to give us a little extra kick um, at the end of a race. Um, any other benefits um, that you really see or, or, you know, the reason why it is one of those necessities for runners um, and not just a nice thing to do? Yeah, I think those are probably the main benefits for runners. You know, there's the injury prevention benefits. There's the fact that it will help you run faster and the fact that it's going to improve your running economy. Those are probably the top three. Um, you know, some other benefits though, that we shouldn't ignore. Number one, there's the general athleticism and coordination benefits that we get from weightlifting. So, you know, there was a strength coach that once told me that weightlifting is really, um, coordination training under resistance. And so that was a really interesting way for me to think about this because a lot of exercises are somewhat difficult to do under load. So if you're trying to do a certain type of squat, or if you're doing a, a single leg deadlift, or, or maybe an Olympic lift where you have to use, you know, your strength very quickly, you know, the very definition of power, there's a lot of coordination that goes into that. And we become better athletes when we incorporate that kind of work. We're going to improve our coordination, our proprioception, our ability to move better, that's going to bleed into our running and improve our form, improve our injury resilience, and, and really just help us feel better. And especially, this is great for trail runners because you know they need to be a little bit more athletic on very varied terrain, uh, or this is really uh, very beneficial for middle distance runners. So if you're training for the 5K or the 10K or shorter, you really want to be coordinated because the faster you're running, you know, the more coordination that that requires. And then finally, I think, I think an often overlooked benefit of particularly heavier weightlifting is the hormonal side of things. You know, running can be somewhat catabolic. You know, if you're running high mileage, if you're doing hard workouts and long runs, you know, that can be a catabolic stimulus for your body. You know, it can help you break down some muscle tissue, particularly if you're not eating enough and if you're not strength training at all. So the weightlifting, especially heavier weightlifting, gives you this really great hormonal benefit. It's going to increase growth hormone. It's going to increase testosterone. And that's really going to help the recovery process and the adaptation process too. So I think it's a wonderful complement to endurance running. It's, I would say, the perfect complement to endurance running because the skills and benefits that you gain are just so beneficial while 
you know, it sort of fills in the gaps in your overall fitness that running simply doesn't give you as much of. Wow, that's fantastic. And and I, I like that you really highlighted the hormonal adaptation um, as well. So not only injury prevention, um, performance-wise, but coordination is what I'm hearing from like a neuromuscular control standpoint and being able to have more coordinated movement patterns, if you will, and then that resulting in improved running form and then hormonally being able to not only allow your body to adapt to the training you're doing with running, but then also recover from um, that training, I think is is huge. And, you know, one other, if I could add to, and I like how you said kind of the, um, the catabolic state that running leaves us in and, you know, losing muscle perhaps, um, especially as we age, right? So most of us listening to this are going to be in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond. And the normal aging process, biology of aging, unfortunately, does result in a loss of muscle tissue. And I, I just love how you, how you brought that up, that that is something that helps reduce that normal aging process of muscle loss or the rate at which we uh, lose muscle as we age. But then another hidden benefit I can kind of think about just lastly to add um, is the bone density piece of things, especially for our peri postmenopausal female runners out there. Um, you know, this can really, truly help build up some of that bone stock, especially if you have family history of, you know, osteoporosis, osteopenia, um, another kind of hidden benefit there, but yeah, you highlighted some, uh, uh, great benefits. So for, if anyone's listening to this right now and you were like, even giving the thought, should I like, I think we can agree, right, Jason? Like, it's not a matter of like, should you do strength training as a runner, but it's like, okay, when are you going to start or what should you be doing, right? Yeah. I mean, are we talking about strength training or some kind of miracle drug for runners? Because <laughs> with all of the, the the benefits that it gives you, I mean, every runner who's interested in improving should be like, sign me up, take my money. Like this is the thing that's going to help me improve and progress and reach my goals. It's just incredible. I wanted to take a quick pause from this episode to talk about a topic that I am extremely passionate about, and that is strength training in order to run so we can improve our performance by running faster or running longer. And we can also prevent the all too common stubborn running related injuries when we do the strength training. So do you want to know how I get in my strength training, how I remain focused for my gym sessions, and how I'm able to recover after the hard marathon specific training that I've been working on? I've been using Amino Company's product Perform for over two years now as a truly healthy pre-workout as opposed to some of those crazy, highly caffeinated drinks that you're going to see out there that just give you jitters and then you wind up crashing. Perform is an essential amino acid-based formulation that I simply add to water, I throw it in my shaker bottle, and I have it 30 minutes before a run or a gym workout. It tastes great and is extremely easy on your stomach. Perform helps improve mental focus, peak strength, endurance, reduces fatigue, and increases muscle protein synthesis so you can recover 
faster from your runs or your strength sessions. And I'm not just saying that from like an N is one, my personal experience. I actually brought on one of the leaders in amino acid research, Dr. Robert Wolf on the show back in episode 92 of the podcast. If you want a deep dive on the effects, the literature, tune in, listen to my chat with Dr. Wolf. You'll be as impressed as I was. And I wanted to make sure that I was putting something that was actually healthy into my body. And so I checked out the real research and the science on this product. And since you are a part of our Healthy Runner community, you can save 30% off by using the code Healthy Runner. Just head to aminoco.com forward slash healthy runner. You have to use the special link I put in the show notes to get your 30% off and use the code healthy runner. Now go ahead and give perform a try. I know you're going to love it just as much as I have. Now let's get back into this episode. What I, what I really want to learn more about today and, you know, the conversation of, you know, power training and, you know, what does really power training uh, mean to you? Yeah, so power training is is part of the weightlifting sort of total picture. So part of your weightlifting should be power oriented. It's sort of, I, I think, very helpful to think of this just like your faster running workouts. You know, if you're getting ready for a race, then, you know, maybe the last half or third of your training plan, you probably have the mo- most challenging workouts in the plan, right? Because your training plan is probably going to be periodized. There's going to be some base training at the beginning. You're going to be doing more aerobic workouts. The focus is more on building mileage. The intensity of the training is overall slightly less, and then it builds over the course of the season, hopefully getting you ready for that peak performance at the end. Now, ideally, our weightlifting looks very similar to that. You know, we're not going to be doing too much power work at the very beginning of the season, for the same reason that we don't want to be doing super fast workouts at the very beginning of the season. We're probably going to get a little bit burned out or maybe overtrained if the intensity of our training is super high for a very long period of time. So we don't want that. We want to periodize our weightlifting just like our running. And it's kind of hard to get a really strong power stimulus if you're just doing bodyweight exercises or you're using bands. So when we're talking about power movements, we are talking about weightlifting exercises in a gym, whether that's your home gym or your, your commercial gym, whatever it might be. And, you know, these power oriented exercises are things like uh, any kind of explosive lift. So Olympic lifts are a great example, like a power clean or a snatch, a jerk. Uh, you can also put plyometrics into this category because plyometrics are, are essentially power exercises. You're trying to express strength very quickly. And, and that is kind of what power is. It's strength expressed quickly. And so anytime that you, you know, jump off a box and then explode upward into a jump, you do something like that, you know, that's a power movement. You know, you're trying to use your strength very fast, just like you are if you're trying to sprint. So what are you doing when you're sprinting? You're basically trying to exert as much force against the ground as you can. And that's going to really help propel you forward. And your body's going to uh, be able to absorb a little bit of that force and, and use it as free energy. So we want to use our legs sort of like pogo sticks, sort of like big springs. 
you know, we come down, put a lot of force into the ground, and then that recoil helps us spring forward and get a little bit of extra speed with every step. And so when we're incorporating power exercises into our training, that's what we're training. We're training our ability to be better springs, better pogo sticks, to, you know, store a lot of energy, release a lot of energy, and ultimately race faster. But I wanted to start with the the recognition that this is not something we should be doing all the time. It is slightly riskier than, you know, a more traditional weightlifting movement, like let's just say a, a regular squat. You know, you can not squat very much. You can go slow. You can, you know, really make sure you're working on form. But as soon as you're doing an exercise that you have to do powerfully, explosively, then the, the risk necessarily increases because if your form isn't right, then, you know, you could really uh, strain a muscle or, or pull something. So first of all, we definitely don't want to be doing this all the time. Second of all, we want to be doing relatively low volume of this kind of work. So we don't want to be doing an hour worth of power movements in the gym, you know, three times a week. That's overkill. That's probably going to lead us to get either burned out or injured. Right. So, okay. So for power training and power movements, just to kind of summarize there, it, it really is exclusive to something you're, you're doing at a fast speed. Um, so such as the Olympic lifts and then plyometrics or jump training, right? So it's not your traditional strength training, whether it is a body weight exercise, a machine, or even a barbell squat. Is that correct? For the most part, yeah. I mean, look, you do get some power benefits just by getting stronger. So you could use entirely machines, and I think that's better than nothing. You know, my my very simple philosophy on strength training for runners is something is better than nothing. And in this conversation, look, we're probably going to talk about ideal training, you know, what might be perfect. You know, if you had the time and resources to build out this kind of a weightlifting structure, then this is probably the best way to do it. But look, you're probably going to gain some power um, just by doing machines the same way that you're going to gain speed just by running a lot of, of slow, easy miles. So, you know, if you're used to running 30 miles a week and then you spend, you know, four months running 50 to 60 miles a week, you're going to be a faster runner, even though you didn't do any speed training. So there's always some, some carryover with fitness, you know, from certain types of training to other types of training, but you know, the power movements are what's going to train your power in the most efficient way in the, in the most, um, ideal way. But yeah, like you said, it, it is generally moving and implement very quickly, whether that's a snatch, a clean, a jerk, or if the implement is your own body and you're doing some type of plyometric. Okay. All right. And you kind of alluded to this fact that, that we that we need to periodize it and you're going to shift when you add this in. So when is the best time to really start? I guess maybe if you want to answer power training, like the exercise that we just spoke about, or even any general strength training uh, program for most runners, like when's the best time to start if someone's not doing it? Yeah. So let's start with the, the second question. When should someone start if they're not doing any strength training? First, I would say, let's not even worry about power training at this point. Let's just get you consistent with strength training because it, you know it's very similar to the fact that before you can do a very hard speed workout on the track, we first need to just go run some easy miles first. 
let's condition our body for the more difficult running that's going to come later. Same thing with strength running or strength training. You can see where my brain is at (laughs) strength running. We first need to condition our body for the the harder power-based exercises. So let's just start with either some body weight exercises, or we can start with some bands or, or, you know, a light implement, maybe a single kettlebell or maybe a set of dumbbells. But if you're not doing any strength training, let's start now. You know, the best time to start was yesterday. Second best time is today. Even if you have a race in a couple of weeks, you can start doing some basic body weight exercises after you're running so that, you know, you're, you're getting a little bit of a cool down, you're gaining some strength, you're getting a little bit of that movement practice, which I think is, is also more helpful right after a run to help you cool down. And, uh, that's how I would advise a new runner to start. Let's just start doing, you know, maybe 10 minutes of body weight exercises after all of your runs during the week. That's a great foundation. And then after a month or so, we can start adding some complexity. Okay. I love that. It's kind of like the answer of, I'm sure you get this all the time too, right? Someone wants to work with you and they're like, you know, when's the best time should I start working with you, Jason? Like my marathon is in October and they start calculating out like weeks and everything, but they got all these problems, right? With their training. And it's like, no, the, the best time is actually solving those problems now, (laughs) which is going to lead to better training during your quote unquote, you know, marathon training cycle. Um, so strength training is kind of like the same thing. If you're not doing it, you definitely have to start now. Um, and you know, what would you say for power training? So say someone has been doing some consistent exercise, whether it's in the gym at home, they're doing body weight stuff, and maybe even they've, you know, been adding load and they've been doing some weighted squats, some deadlifts, and they've been getting familiar with some of kind of the basic lifts in the gym. When would be a good time, you know, if this whole power training concept is totally new to them, when would be a good time, um, whether you want to talk like annual training cycle or um, a certain time of the year, like I guess those are the same thing, aren't they? Uh, you know, <laughs> when, <laughs> when would be a good time for them to start? Yeah. So let's, let's imagine a runner is, is staring down a 16 week training cycle, you know, so if they're getting ready for a half marathon or a marathon, you know, it almost doesn't matter what distance the race is. If they have a 16 week training plan that they're about to start, I wouldn't start doing any power based movements until maybe, you know, week eight to 10. So essentially the final six to eight weeks of this cycle are going to include power-based movements. And it's very similar in how your mileage might progress. You know, the first week you you might only do a little bit of power-based movements. It's like an introduction. And then at week after week, workout to workout, you're gradually doing more and more power-based movements so that, you know, when you're a week out from your race, your weightlifting workouts look very different than they did, you know, uh, 12 weeks ago. And so your weightlifting workouts are going to be relatively heavy weight, relatively low number of reps. So you might only be doing two to four reps, but the, the weight is pretty high and you're doing these complicated movements like, you know, a power clean, for example. And, and the idea is, you know, let's not try to get stronger at this point. You know, when you're a week out from your race, 
it's almost like the workouts you're doing. You know, you're not going to bury yourself a week out from a marathon with a 20 mile long run with the final 10 miles at goal marathon pace. You know, you're just going to carry a lot of fatigue into that marathon. It's just too soon. It's too close to the race. Very similar with weight training. You know, we don't want to be doing huge workouts with one rep maxes and high volume. We really need to cut the volume. And so this is where the periodization of our weightlifting comes into play. And we're not just reducing the volume, but the exercises we're doing are very much neuromuscular in nature. So you can actually think of this as like nervous system training. We are fine-tuning our nervous system for speed, for efficiency and economy. You know, at this point, it's like we're tapering. Our weightlifting is tapering. So we're doing low volume, high weight, complicated movements with full rest. And the workouts are, are not super long at this point. And so, yeah, over the fi- over those like maybe eight weeks, the last half of a 16-week training cycle, you know, you generally move from you know, beginning these power movements to doing the most complex versions of them, but you're not doing them for a long time, very short, very fast. And then the workouts are a lot shorter. And eventually, you know, you kind of get to your goal race, you're feeling tuned up, quick, fast, springy, responsive, but you're also well rested because the volume of all your exercise, even your strength training is very low. Okay. Yeah. No, I I like how you kind of integrated that into kind of a training cycle in training for a specific race. Um, And you talked a little bit about kind of dosage. Um, You know, what would you recommend for most runners? Obviously, this is going to vary, but in terms of, you know, how you do program this um, from how many times a week from a frequency standpoint, um, you kind of mentioned from what I just heard is duration of time that you're, you're doing this workout is going to be a little bit kind of shorter, especially if it's in that second half of your half marathon or marathon training cycle and the intensity, it sounds like is higher. Is that correct? As you get closer to the end of your season, yeah, the intensity will peak at that point. So usually intensity is something that gradually builds over the course of a training season. Um, And, you know, there's some periodization models where you always have some level of intensity. You know, it's not the strict linear periodization model, um, but you could use, it's almost like you're, you're both building endurance and the aerobic capacity as well as your speed and neuromuscular fitness at the same time. Now, the focus is still on the endurance side of things, you know, way early in base training, uh, but you're still incorporating some very fast running, you know, maybe some neuromuscular work, but in general, yeah, you're right. The intensity peaks at the end. Okay. And how many times a week would you have or recommend someone kind of implement some of this kind of power training? Yeah. So first of all, like let's recognize we're runners, you know, we are not weightlifters, so we don't have to be in the gym like four or five, six days a week. We can leave that to the bodybuilders. We can leave that to the folks who like, this is their sport. This is just supplemental. This is just there to enhance our running and make it better. So I think it's perfect to be in the weight room twice a week. We don't need any more than that. 
And if you're only getting the weight room once a week, you know, I just worry that it's, it's not enough of a consistent stimulus to really prompt the adaptations we're looking for. Uh, and then you, when you get to three weightlifting sessions a week, now I'm worried about just fatigue, potential soreness from all that weightlifting negatively impacting your running. So let's recognize that, you know, your weightlifting workouts are there to make your running better. And if you're coming away from them so sore or tired or fatigued that it's somehow compromising your running, you know, maybe you can't hit your workout splits. Maybe you have to cut a run or cut the distance of a run. You know, at that point, we should make our weightlifting easier so that we can actually do all of our running training. So twice a week is perfect. And I would also say, let's not do very long workouts. You know, we don't need to be in the gym for much more than about an hour. You know, the longest weightlifting workouts we probably ever have to do is an hour. And that includes a warm up. That includes, you know, all your main weightlifting movements, as well as, you know, maybe some accessory work where you're just doing some, you know, body weight exercises at the end as a cool down or something like that, just to focus on things that might be a little bit more running specific. But I would say 45 to 60 minutes is your sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, I do think, you know, the one thing that we've talked about on this show before is, you know, that might look different at, at different times of the year, right? So if someone is in true kind of off season mode, um, then that is the only time that I would really recommend that runners, you know, do three times a week. Um, but even with that, there's kind of cutback weeks, just like in our running where certain weeks would be twice a week. Um, so, you know, and then even peaking, you know, when you're going through your taper for your marathon, especially if you're still a novice marathoner and this is your first, second, third, fourth, right? Marathon, you know, I, I'm going down to usually once a week um, for most of the folks that I work with. Um, and even that week or two leading up to it, maybe even, you know, zero times, right? So I, I think just there's definitely areas for variability, but I, I agree with the fact of two being kind of optimal to get the stimulus that you need and to allow your body to adapt as well as I would say, you know, be able to focus on some different muscles perhaps, um, you know, and you know, the big one I kind of think about all the time from like the injury standpoint and how much load is transmitted. And you mentioned earlier Achilles, um, you know, are the calf muscles and, you know, just being able to after power movements or after compound based strength training exercises to have one day where you're focusing a little bit more on the gastroc, um, you know, and then one day focusing on the soleus muscle and, you know, trying to do that in, you know, some different ways. I, I think it does get tough to, um, really do once a week and be able to hit all the areas that you probably should be hitting, um, as a runner. So I, I completely agree on, on that front. Um, yeah. Do you have any specific tips to really start implementing? So someone's listening to this right now and they're like, okay, all right, I'm sold on the strength thing. I know I've been putting it off for a while. I've been hearing about it. And you know what? Like Jason's finally, like I haven't been listening to Dwayne. Like Jason says it, like let's do it, right? And they're like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to start getting into strength training um, as a beginner runner. You know, what are some tips that you would recommend for a beginner runner? And I'll also take that adage that they they weren't that 
gym person who started running because I think that's a little different where they have that experience of working out in the gym. So they're a beginner runner. They've been doing it, let's say, I don't know, less than two or three years maybe. And now they want to start incorporating some strength training into their running. What are some tips that you can uh, provide for them? Yeah. So I think for this runner, it's really important to establish the habit of strength training before you worry about individual exercises or progressions or anything fancy or complex or complicated or advanced. Let's just, you know, abide by that number one philosophy I have that something is better than nothing. So let's get in the habit of doing something after every one of our runs. It's going to act as a great cool down. It, it sort of changes the way you think about yourself as an athlete as well. You know, I like to tell runners, don't even think of yourself as a runner. You are an athlete that specializes in running. And that all of a sudden means that you're not just going to run. There's going to be other things that you do in your training, sort of like a basketball player. They don't just play the game of basketball. They do drills. They go into the gym and do all kinds of weightlifting. You know, there's a lot of other things that comprise the training of a basketball player. The same thing is true for runners. So many other things comprise our training as well. And if we can have this subtle mindset shift of, you know, I am an athlete that specializes in running, that means I'm going to have to do some other types of exercise as well. And if you can create this habit where you are following up every run with 5, 10, 15 minutes of easy body weight strength training, let's not make it hard. You know, I, I have so many free body weight routines on strength running that you can like shake a stick at. And, um, they're not very difficult. You know, they take roughly 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, anyone can look at these, you know, the standard core routine, the ITB rehab routine, the mace single leg workout. These are all routines that are just on the strength running site. And, you know, I, I really want to force runners to get out of this mindset that strength training has to be difficult. It doesn't. And it can also be very consistent. You know, we don't have to, I know we've been talking about weightlifting twice a week, but you know, if we're talking about just body weight exercises, I think we should be doing that kind of work every day that we run. So if you're a five day a week runner, four day a week runner, you're doing this work four or five days a week. And so just by finishing up a run, you know, I like to call this my, my sandwiching method where we're sandwiching our run in between a dynamic warm up at the beginning, you know, again, a 10 ish minute routine that really helps metabolically prime your body for running. It includes some light strength exercises, but a lot of mobility work. And then when you're done with your run, you do a 10 or 15 minute body weight strength training routine. And this sandwiching approach really helps runners get into the habit of doing other exercise of warming up dynamically for their runs. They're going to just feel better when they start running. It's going to decrease their injury risk. It's going to help them perform better, especially if that's a workout day or a race day. And then by doing some strength training after their run, they're getting stronger. They're moving their body in many different planes of motion, increasing their athleticism. And of course, you know, just cooling down. You know, I think anybody who's finished a workout or a long run and then just like sat in a chair for an hour, or just sat down, you know, at, on the couch and looked at their phone for an hour after a workout. And then you get up. Oh my God, you're going to feel terrible. Your legs are going to be super tight. You're going to feel like, you know, you've aged 30 years. So the cool down after the run helps prevent that. It helps you go through the rest of your day 
without that really tight, heavy leg feeling. And, and I think there's real value in just optimizing how we feel on a day-to-day basis. You know, I can sit here and talk about your running economy is going to improve and, you know, your tendons and ligaments are going to be tougher and you're going to be more impervious to injury. But at the end of the day, we just want to feel better too. You know, you want to be able to go for your run and it have, have it to be an enjoyable experience. That's one of the big reasons why I strength train is just because I want to make my running better. I want to feel better. And, and I think that is a great place for beginners to start because we're not making the workouts too difficult and we're creating this really consistent habit that they can then take with them for the rest of their running career. I love it. Just, just making it habit formation. It's part of your training. Get consistent with doing exercises and know that, as I say all the time, you know, strength training in order to run, right? It is part of the training. Like you use that analogy of a basketball player and how much, uh, LeBron is spending to take care of his body. I heard you and, uh, Matt Chittam talking about that recently. Um, he's a friend of the show as well. And I I will definitely not play a pickup game of basketball with you two, because one of us is probably going to pop our Achilles. So, I'm not going to take that risk. <laughs> it's probably going to be me, you know, because I, I like to do my trick shots. You know, I was a basketball player before I was a runner. And uh, I think the coolest thing I maybe ever did, Dwayne, was a through the legs layup in a game when I was wow. in eighth grade. And, and that's like my biggest claim to fame. But I would definitely... Uh, destroy my Achilles if I tried that today. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we're all in the uh, higher risk uh, each category of when those start to happen. So um, yeah, I, I, I won't take that risk. So I'll watch you guys play though. <laughs> I'll cheer you on from the bench. Um, <laughs> so now let's take it kind of a different element. So now we have an experienced runner. So you know they've been running consistently year round, let's say more than three years. They've run some races. They've started adding speed work into their training. They see the value of, you know, some tempo work, some interval work. And, you know, how can that runner um, really start implementing strength training that may be a little bit different than what we just talked about for kind of more that beginner novice runner? Yeah. So I think the advanced runner should also be sandwiching their runs. You know, I'm, I'm very encouraged when I study the training of elite athletes, you know, even pro runners, they don't just get up off the couch and go for a run. You know, there's dynamic stretching, there's activation exercises, you know, it's a whole process to get ready for a run. And we probably don't have to spend 25 minutes, 30 minutes getting ready for a run, but we should spend some time getting ready for a run. And so This idea of sandwiching your running, I think is universal. I would advise this to a middle schooler who's just starting to run. I would advise it to the best runner in the world. I would tell Kipchoge to sandwich his runs. And and I don't think any runner in between is any different. So knowing that the next step is then, you know, going beyond body weight. So yeah, the body weight exercises is great. You know, I think anybody who's spent a lot of time in a physical therapy office knows that, you know, there's a lot of corrective exercises that you'll probably do in a PT's office uh, to target certain muscles, certain movements. That's the kind of work we're going to be doing with body weight exercises. But once we start adding, you know, some other type of resistance, that's the next step. So the next step is 
let's use bands. Let's use a kettlebell. Let's use dumbbells or perhaps, you know, some light implements like maybe a medicine ball. And then we can start adding not only some weight, some resistance, but we can also start adding some more complex movements. So, you know, maybe the beginner is doing some squats. Well, maybe the more advanced runner can start trying some pistol squats. Those are one-legged squats. Very challenging. It's probably one of the more challenging bodyweight exercises that you can do. But the more advanced you are, I think the more advanced all of your training has to be. Not just your running. You know, an advanced runner is probably going to be running more miles per week. They're probably going to be doing more advanced workouts. They should also be doing more advanced strength training because they need that extra stimulus to keep getting stronger, to keep improving. So yeah, once we start adding some resistance, some complexity, you know, some more challenging movements, the final step, you know, for, for not, not the very advanced runner, this is just the runner who, you know, kind of wants the ideal scenario is then to add the weightlifting. So yes, all of their runs are going to include some type of strength training afterward, but twice a week, they're going to be getting in the gym and doing heavier weightlifting and then eventually moving into those power movements that we were talking about before. So it's sort of like this, this big progression, right? We're going to start with the body weight. We're going to then add some resistance. We're going to add some complexity. Then we're going to add the heavier weightlifting and the real complexity of power movements. So it's a gradual sort of move from a little bit easier and more basic to more challenging and more complex over time. I love it. I, I, I love how we're kind of layering that on and the different benefits that you get from, you know, I, I like to call them the muscle activation exercises or, you know, stuff we do with bands and, you know, it is hitting those run specific muscles um, when you're on one leg and working those side hip muscles, for example, and then layering on, you know, something more complex as the single leg squat or the pistol squat, and then increasing the level of resistance with, let's say, doing like weighted squats or, you know, front squats to target the quads, for example, and then taking it up that next, um, you know, level to more of this kind of power training. And, you know, I, I love kind of thinking about it in that fashion. And as you have more experience, I do agree that it lends itself um, to being tolerated a little bit better from a tissue standpoint so you're not getting injured but then also recovery standpoint between the other training that you're doing um, with your run so I think that's a great great point that you make and again for those beginners out there you know you don't need to jump to that level because your body still needs some time to adapt and you know activate certain muscles that need to be activated and strengthen certain muscles that need to be strengthened before you get to that next level it's like the you know novice runner who wants to start you know running faster because they just want to run under a 10 minute mile and now they start incorporating interval sessions and they're running at an eight and nine, you know, RPE effort level within their first six months of starting to run consistently. Um, you know, usually that doesn't work out too well and the body gets injured and, you know, same thing with strength training, I guess is, is what I'm hearing from you. Uh, Jason, do you agree? I do agree. Yeah. I think you don't necessarily have to jump up to 
heavy weightlifting to power movements right away. Um, I do think beginners can start weightlifting pretty mm-hmm. soon after they start their whole fitness journey. We just need to make sure that any strength exercises that they're doing in the gym are are manageable. You know, let's not add so much weight that, you know, you're approaching a one rep max. You know, we don't need to do that. It's sort of like when you first start running, most of your running should be pretty easy. We can get started with strides, you know, uh, a kind of a low cost way of running fast, you know, without it yep. being too difficult. We can do some simple fart like workouts, some aerobic workouts, but we shouldn't be doing like three times a mile at goal 5k pace. That is a brutal VO2 max oriented workout. And so just like beginners shouldn't really do that kind of a running workout, we also shouldn't get in the weight room and do super heavy weightlifting or do a bunch of Olympic lifts. We can get there over time and we'll get there faster than it takes us to get to those really hard running workouts. You know, I think the running workouts that are are VO2 max, high volume, um, you know, the workouts that I did in college that have given me PTSD, (laughs) you know, those workouts, you know, they have to happen at the right time in your development as an athlete. And when you're a beginner, it's not the right time. So yeah, you can run fast as a beginner, but in a safe way, you can lift weights as a beginner, but let's do it in a, in a manageable, safe way without going to the extremes of heavy weight of Olympic lifts or, or doing anything that's super high volume. Yeah. And all this takes time, right? It's a journey as I like to call it. And, um, it does take some time. I hope you are enjoying this episode and it is providing value for you. I wanted to take a brief moment to share a story of a real runner like you who is struggling with a common problem that you may be facing. Here is one of our athletes who got the guidance, support, and accountability from our Healthy Runner coaching team to get clarity and structure on the six steps to growing as a runner with personalized strength, nutrition, and run plans. I hope their story inspires you that there is hope to either get over your running injury or to continue getting faster or running longer so you can continue to get in those mental clearing miles and enjoy your running journey again. Here is their inspiring story. The main problem you were having that you decided to sign up for the program. You may not have a problem, but what was your goal? And I'm going to write this down, even though it's being recorded. was lost. Number one, I was lost. Number two, I was running five, seven days a week. Not obviously not high high mileage, but I was running and I was like, you know, I shouldn't, my friend tells me you shouldn't be doing that. My sister-in-law that referred me to Dwayne's podcast. She's also a physical therapist. She was the one that introduced me to him. And she was the one that said, you should not be doing this. Hey, check out these podcasts kind of snowballed from there. So I really, I needed direction and I wanted to get stronger because I didn't want to injure myself. That was my main concern. And I, and I remember also in the beginning, I was lost about pace. I'm no longer lost about pace. I have (laughs) learned so much. That was a big one for me, but it was mainly, I needed direction. Right. And I knew that I, started to love running. So I wanted to start, you know, seeing where, where it could, you know, lead me to hopefully run a half by my birthday, by the time my birthday comes around. So, 
And this is kind of a long, I know what you, but what progress have you made in the 16 weeks since you started the program? I know this hands down, like this, 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 I might get very emotional and I'm sorry if I do. I'm just very emotional about this, but that's life-changing in so many ways and not just the running itself, but just the progression and and where I am today has helped me in so many areas of my life. I can't even, if I would tell you right now, we'd be on here for three hours. I, I hear you. Yeah. But it's been, it's given me so much confidence in so many areas. I'm just being a wife, being my, you know, running my business and just, it's given me confidence in so many levels that it, it's unbelievable because I'm doing things that I would in a million years, not didn't think I'd be doing, you know what I mean? I'm pushing, not pushing. I I don't want to say pushing my body to the limits, but I'm you're challenging. Yes. In a sense, thank you. I'm challenging myself and I just, it's amazing. It it really is. Any words I would describe this program, life changing. Okay. Uh, That's, that's great. And more of the nitty gritty, what worked best for you in the program? What worked best for me? The schedule. Okay. Schedule was it was, you know, and I know that, you know, even in the very beginning, it was, you know, before I started the program, I, you know, Google, Google this, how do I do this? How do I do that? Programs, uh, training programs, I was like, so overwhelmed. And I almost did one of those generic, you know, I was very close to that. I almost really gravitating towards that. But if that was, I couldn't do, I said, no, I need someone that, you know, I need to figure this out right. and I need someone to help me figure out figure I, this out you know what I, I mean that's in, in a nutshell the schedule and um is there something you think and these are open-ended but that the program there is a way to make it simpler or easier or it's good as it is or is like is, is there something that might be easier if you're starting out again to other people, because we want to help other people. This program, it's not, I mean, it's not one size fits all. It is so individualized that it's, I really don't think anything, I can't think of anything that could be done to, I don't think anything needs improvement for me. I mean, I think my program was perfect. I think the way that it was structured, the structure of it was great. Um, you know, every, most of us, we leave, we lead crazy lifestyles and, (laughs) and I, you, you know, that I have two jobs and, you know, I, all of this, what I did was, you know, on the, and now my work schedule at my full-time job has changed. So sometimes I'll run depending on the mileage. Sometimes I'll run in the morning before work. And sometimes I don't, it really just, we make it happen, but it's doable. You, you invest in this program, you invest in your health, you make it happen. And I make things happen. And I think that it's, it's great. I think it's, I don't think anything needs to be improved. I, I, I really think that. I hope sharing that story inspired you and provided you some hope 
If you want the one-on-one structure, accountability, and support from our Healthy Runner coaching team of experts, check out the behind-the-scenes video tour of our signature coaching program you just heard about, including other stories from runners who are just like you and were struggling with the same sticking points before they signed up for our program. Just head to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com to learn more and book your strategy call with me today. Now let's get back into this episode. You kind of mentioned some common mistakes that runners will make. Are there any other kind of strength training mistakes that you would really recommend um, runners to avoid? Some, I'm sure you've seen some common themes um, before. I think we just mentioned a couple, but are there any others that you can think of? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think what we've described today is, is what I would consider a really productive, effective way of looking at strength training for endurance runners. Now, the mistakes are all the things that we didn't talk about. So one mistake is to lift in a way that isn't really going to help our running nearly as much as the strategies we discussed earlier. So a great way is to lift like a bodybuilder. You know, you're, you don't have to do that. It's not going to help your running very much. And bodybuilders generally lift in a very specific way. So first, their workouts are going to be long. So 90 minutes, two hours potentially. They're also going to be isolating individual muscles and doing a lot of exercises for each muscle. Again, we don't need to do that. We need to be training movements, not muscles. The other thing that bodybuilders are going to do is they're going to spend five or six days in the weight room. You know, this is like running is to a runner. You know, they are in there pretty much every day, uh, working out high volume, high intensity and bodybuilding is, is very challenging because of that. It's a time demand that us runners simply can't meet and we don't have to. So that's actually very, um, very comforting to a lot of runners. You know, you don't have to be doing this four or five days a week. You don't have to be doing two hour workouts, kind of like what we talked about earlier, 45 to 60 minutes twice a week in the gym. That's really all you need. The other way that we don't really want to lift is getting in the gym and lifting for endurance. Now, this is a mistake that I used to make myself. You know, I thought, hey, I'm an endurance runner. I should get in the gym and work on my endurance. I'll be a better runner, right? Well, we get enough of an endurance stimulus when we're doing our easy runs, when we're doing our tempo runs, our long runs. You know, that is the thing that we are working on the most. And when we're in the gym, we don't want to be working on endurance. We want to be working on strength and power. And you don't gain endurance by lifting weights for strength and power. So we can, we can avoid, th- uh, you know, four to five sets of 20 to 30 repetitions. That is a classic endurance building strength workout. It's low intensity, high volume, just like a, just like a long run, right? Low intensity, mm-hmm. high volume. So we get that with our running. We don't need to do that in our weightlifting. And then the final mistake I'll add is, is just having no plan whatsoever. You know, like if you're, if you're just going to the random gym class twice a week and it's body pump one week, and then you're doing like a core power class. And you know, the next week you're kind of taking like a random Peloton strength class. Now we're getting into the fact that your, your training is now sporadic. There's no progression. It's not periodized to your race goals. And again, Something is better than nothing, but you know, if we really want to achieve our potential, if we want all of the speed, performance, injury prevention, 
and economy benefits of strength training, we need to lift in a way that is most conducive to endurance runners. And it's not all these classes at the gym that, you know, are often way too metabolic. You know, if, if you're taking any kind of a strength training class where, you know, there's some kind of running or cycling or rowing component to it, or it's like a circuit where, you know, you move from exercise to exercise very quickly and your heart rate is very high for most of the workout, you know, that workout is way too metabolic in nature. Uh, we instead want to take very long recoveries in between our lifts because this is, again, a strength and power session. It's not an aerobic session. It's not working on our cardiovascular fitness. So we don't need to worry about heart rate or maintaining a certain heart rate. We want to keep our heart rate pretty low, as low as we possibly can, while at the same time recognizing that it's going to increase when we're lifting heavy when we're in the weight room. So those are the biggest mistakes that I see among runners. It's just, uh, you know, either this sporadic, no structure approach, or it's lifting like a bodybuilder or lifting for endurance. Yeah, those are, man, those are very, very common. And I felt like I was being judged for my college days of, you know, dedicating a whole hour and a half to, I think, my biceps, um, which is like- I can tell, Dwayne. Know, I can tell. <laughs> now I've lost, lost a lot since then, but it is, <laughs> it is, uh, you know, it is a big, um, thing that I need to educate a lot of runners who do come from like my background was in the gym and then found running as an adult onset runner. Um, and I love how you said, you know, training movements versus specific muscles that really resonated with me. And yes, I, that is a big pet peeve of mine is the, the cardio strength classes, as we'll call them, um, that many runners take because a lot of times either they don't have a plan and they figure it, I'll just follow along and someone will show me what to do. But I think you really highlighted today the value and importance of adding resistance and load and making sure that it looks drastically different from what we do as runners from an aerobic standpoint. And we need to add resistance and load to get the value of building strength and not working the same energy system that we're doing when we're out there for our runs. Um, so hopefully um, those listening, that really resonates with you. And then, yeah, just the random plan and the random, oh, I feel like doing this today or I feel like taking this class you know, having something that is progressive in nature where you can actually work on building up your resistance, your intensity, you know, changing the rep range. And if you're going up in resistance and decreasing your reps, like you had mentioned earlier, um, keeping them low reps, I'm a big fan of that. And even if you're at certain points lifting heavier, let's say the deadlift or the squat, um, that we are keeping those reps down and there's a rationale to what we're doing. It's because you are lifting heavier and you're only supposed to get a couple of reps at that heavier weight and then having a different purpose of your classic 10 to 12 rep range for, let's say, you know, some hypertrophy of that muscle you're targeting. But if you're doing 50, 60 reps, you're doing a four minute song to like air squats or squats with like, you know, five pound barbell on your back. I see that as like from physical therapist standpoint of like, Hey, here's like the fast track to getting a repetitive use injury, uh, because you're doing the same exact movement, you know, many, many times, uh, more than your tissues probably can withstand. So I think those, uh, were such great tips and 
I'm kind of curious because I've been following your work now for over three years before we had that first conversation, um, like I mentioned before. And I'm just because I know my mindset really has shifted as I've grown as a runner, as a coach. And, you know, what has been like your biggest um, shift in your mindset regarding strength training for runners since you really founded strength running back in 2010? Yeah, my thinking on strength training has evolved like almost a complete 180 degrees since, you know, when I first started running way back in, you know, the 20th century. (laughs) And, you know, when I first started running, I didn't think runners needed any strength training. You know, we got enough exercise for our legs with our running, right? Well, no, that was very wrong of me to think. Um, and then when I started strength running back in 2010, a big reason why was because I was a very injury prone runner. And after the 2008 New York city marathon, I spent six months injured with it band syndrome. And I just knew that if I wanted to keep doing this, not just run, but run at a higher level, really challenge myself, try to go after personal bests, something needed to change. And so my journey getting healthy from that long, severe IT band injury, and then modifying my training in a bunch of different ways was really the part of the big reason why I started strength running about 13 years ago, because I just felt like I had something to share with the world. And at that point, my thinking was very much on this sandwich method of, you know, we've got to do a dynamic warm up, we've got to do more consistent strength training. And at the time, my strength training was completely body weight. You know, of course, I had some bands, I had a medicine ball, but it it wasn't as power-based. And so the latest evolution was getting on board with lifting heavy weights, with doing power movements, with doing Olympic lifts, and really just opening my eyes to this idea that, you know, when we're in the gym, we almost need to lift kind of like a sprinter, you know, a little bit different. It's going to be modified slightly, but the goals are very much the same. It's still strength and power. And that to me was was eye-opening because I didn't think distance runners ever really did that kind of work. You know, when do we, when do we take full recoveries? When do we not take active recoveries? So it's a very alien, different scenario for most runners to be in. And, you know, even after having more than 10 coaches in my career, competing at the high school and college level, track and cross country, I still wasn't really exposed to that kind of strength training. And, um, you know, I, I worked with, a uh, USA weightlifting national coach up in Boulder, Colorado to put together our weightlifting program at strength, at strength running. And he really opened my eyes to the ways in which professional runners are preparing themselves in the weight room. Uh, and, and this idea that you're not just training your muscles, you're training your brain, you're training your brain to recruit a lot of muscle fibers and to produce a lot of force very quickly. And that's exactly what power is. And so transitioning from, you know, thinking about this as getting stronger to thinking of this as, yes, I'm going to be getting stronger, but I'm also fine tuning my neuromuscular fitness so that my brain communicates better with my muscles. And, you know, I can have a faster cadence and I can produce more power and, you know, I can change directions a little bit faster and just have this great level of athleticism that that was new to me as of a couple of years ago and so now i'm i'm all in on this this style of lifting that creates 
a much more holistic, well-rounded athlete, not a one-dimensional runner. I, I love it. And I, I've definitely had that change in mindset myself where I did, you know, think as, as runners that we needed to really not do any heavy lifting at all. And even as, let's say, someone in their mid thirties heading to 40 and, and beyond, you know, it was the matter of, I, I felt the forces with running and then also, you know, adding strength training um, that was definitely a misconception I had early on. And I, I've definitely seen the value in adding that back in, um, for myself personally, and then for the runners that I work with. Um, but kind of, you know, as we head down this final stretch, you know, if you can change one thing about the misconception about lifting weights as runners, what would that be? Oh, can I, can I change like nine misconceptions? <laughs> uh, I'd probably start with, you know, all the mistakes that we discussed earlier, you know, lifting in these ineffective types of, of ways. Um, but also there's a lot of, of mistaken ways of thinking about strength training, you know, and I know a lot of runners, they don't want to bulk up. And so their, their big complaint is, well, I don't want to get bulky, if I'm going to be lifting heavy weight in the gym, I'm probably going to gain all this muscle size and that's going to slow me down in a race. Now it is true. If you put on a bunch of muscle, you're probably going to be slightly slower in a race, but do you know how hard it is to put on muscle? Like it's so hard. You know, I am your very stereotypical cliche endurance runner. I'm very thin. Uh, it's very hard for me to put on weight and I recognize how difficult it is to put on weight, especially if you're doing any kind of running, you know, if you're running even 20 miles a week and you're getting in the gym twice a week, you're not going to gain any size. Your body is using most of its energy to run, to recover from that running. And it doesn't have all this excess energy to use for hypertrophy, for growing those muscles. You know, it's sort of like, you know, a power lifter who, who is being advised to go run for 20 minutes twice a week. And he's like, Oh no, I, I don't want to, I don't want to become a sub five minute miler. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to become that fast with only two short runs a week. We can say the same thing to our runners. You are not going to bulk up and start looking like a, a bodybuilder with two running focused strength training sessions a week in the gym. So the whole bulking up misconception is one that, that I think is pretty hilarious, uh, especially because a lot of runners, they want to look quote unquote lean. And the best way to look lean is both to run a lot and lift heavy weights. That's like the best combo right there. Right. I love it. And even taking it from a little different angle, you know, for the runners who maybe got into running for you know, body composition purposes, and they might consider themselves big boned, or they might, you know, consider themselves a larger runner, you know, may think, hey, I'm already, you know, trying to get smaller. And that's why I am running. So I don't want to build muscle and appear bigger. And I, I totally agree with you that it is just such a misconception. And you're not going to get these huge muscles. And if anything, it is going to make you, as we talked about today, a better runner, and it's going to keep you healthy um, along the way. And it's just going to help your running so much more for you as an athlete, as you kind of alluded to, you know, we are as runners. And, you know, Jason, you, you've covered some 
great, great content today um, with regard to like strength training for running. Like what is power training? Um, how do we, you know, start this program? What does it look like? And how do we periodize it? Um, and even just talking about like beginner versus like advanced runner and some tips and some mistakes to avoid. Um, if someone in our healthy runner community is not already following your content, I'm sure they are. But just in case someone's not, you know, where's the best uh, place that they can connect with you and learn more about some of the programs that you mentioned today? Yeah, sure. So strengthrunning.com is my home base. And that's where you'll find, you know, our blog. You can find more information about the Strength Running Podcast. And you'll also find information about our, our formal training programs where we put a lot of these concepts into play. So, you know, I, I love the theory. I love sitting around talking about why we're going to do what we want to do, but what are we actually going to do? And that's what these programs cover. Um, so yeah, folks can check out, uh, I would, I would recommend either high performance lifting or body weight power, depending on what you're looking for. And, you know, you can see those at strengthrunning.com slash coaching. Uh, and if you just want to sort of learn more about this in, in a, in a way that's very similar to the podcast, I have a, a free email series at strengthrunning.com slash strength. And you'll basically get an email a day on mistakes to avoid the benefits, much of what we discussed today in a little bit more detail. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy day. Um, like I said, you're definitely one of uh, my go-tos um, when I'm listening to podcasts during my run. And I just lo love learning from the guests that you have on your show. And, you know, I'm very grateful for all of the information that you provide um, to the running community. Um, so I thank you for that. And this has been uh, great to be able to catch up and chat again. Thanks, Dwayne. It was always, it's always a pleasure hanging out with you and talking some shop. All right. And thank you guys to the listeners, um, it, whether it's, you know, listening during a run, watching the video version of this in the Spark Healthy Runner YouTube channel. Um, I appreciate all you guys. As always, runners, let's maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and let's just keep on running. Until next time. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. If you found this content valuable, here's five ways we can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of our six steps to growing as a runner framework at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash grow. Two, follow our Instagram page at sparkhealthyrunner. Three, join our free group by searching Healthy Runner in Facebook. Four, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash spark healthy runner five leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more experts in the running field and bring those lessons and trainings back here right to you don't forget hit the subscribe button on apple podcast or the follow button on spotify so you don't miss the next episode of healthy runner so you can maintain a strong mind a strong body and just keep running Lastly, if you've been struggling with the constant injury cycle, not eating the right foods for running, or not getting faster as a runner, and you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner, head to sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash coaching to apply for a one-on-one signature coaching program. 
Thank you again. I really, truly mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening and sharing this podcast with a running friend who can use the help. Now go and crush your run today. See you next week.